0: Hello and welcome to What a Jazz podcast. I'm your host, Elza Vishnevskita. For this episode, I invited my dear friend, dancer, performer, educator, Felipe Braga. Originally from Brazil, Felipe is currently living in Berlin. We have a talk about what it means to be a guest in a culture, what responsibility do we carry as dance teachers, event organizers, and community leaders. Felipe shares his way of teaching and learning, of trying to be a student himself while teaching the class, finding new ways to do it, the effort to feel more comfortable in his own body, and how his values in the dance changed over the years. I'm very excited for this conversation. So without further ado, Felipe. My God, I just realized, you know, it's, we haven't seen each other for so long and it's so strange because like when I see your face now, I'm like, yeah, it's almost like it's been a few weekends ago in a festival, but not really, it's...
1: Yeah, because last Man. time was 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 Sofia, right? It was October? Oh, yes. Wait, was it October or September?
0: Or it was September, and you were locked in jail <laughs> for a little bit.
1: I went to jail, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the jail made me tough. Yeah,
0: know. we can keep that for a different episode of Philip in jail in Sofia.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Keep the mystery up, you know, a little bit. <laughs>
0: so yeah. I've been uh, I've been seeing quite some of your videos and every time mm-hmm. i see one i i do feel like moving and i do feel like dancing thank you for Aww. that for putting That's them sweet. out there That's sweet. You, you've kept quite consistently the online thing going in the classes and workshops mm-hmm. i think how how has it been for you what kept you going and how did it go
1: i mean i think you know it was a big shift to leave montpellier you know and coming here you know because in Montpellier there was this you know great uh, assist from the government right that um a lot of the the French dancers get um so there, there's a security there and then when I came here um I I lost it so you know I was only relying on on the gigs so we and then when when pandemic happened I was like I have no way of making uh, a living, right? And then, so I guess like what, what pushed me was the necessity, obviously, like, okay, I need to figure out something. So I just like try to see what can, what can I make? And then the big culture revolution started, right? The the whole discussion on, on appropriation and who gets to teach and like how how is right to teach and all that. And that was all the same time, So I think like at the beginning it became something of like, okay, I need to survive. And then, and also as a foreigner, you know, I need, so, you know, it's it's my first year in Berlin with a visa. Mm -hmm. So during this year is basically a test period. So if I don't make enough money or if I don't make money, they might not renew my visa later on. So I was like, okay, I need to figure something else so I can stay in Europe, you know, where my life is. Mm and then also the, the culture revolution, <laughs> the, uh, the discussions uh, happened and that was actually a perfect timing as well. So like, as I was trying to develop a way of engaging the scene and being able to keep my head above the water there was a, the necessity of changing the ways that you engage and that you do it. So mm-hmm. the classes were just a perfect timing, in a way for me to rediscover how to engage and how to teach and how to care for the community and how to do it better, you know? So what kept me going was now that the community, the very small community uh, of, of students that keep coming back is just so nice. And we just created this beautiful bond that we're all like, very caring and like we all explore together it's not about me teaching so i'm not the the center of the class they are the center Mm -hmm. of the class right so i just kind of facilitate this sort of like exchange you know and and it's it's been very very nice and also revisiting a bit of the history or visiting sometimes i never learned because i didn't investigate much Mm -hmm. before and now like every class has to have a, a 30 minute of history and then, like, from then on, we we find ways of things, on ideas for us to explore. And then we have one hour of, like, exploring and learning from each other and stuff. So, so I don't know. So, and then it became for me this thing. Now that it's, like, what keeps me going is because this community is so fulfilling to be part of, like, this mall that I created uh, with my friends now. <laughs> and... And it's also something that I think I need to do. I need to learn more about the culture and more about the history. And they push me to do it because I need to every week have something prepared. A half an hour history class I need to do every week. So I need to study. I need to be reading. I need to be investigating and talking to people. And so that's what keeps me going. That's how I kept myself active, you know.
0: Yeah, I I think online classes are amazing in that way that, you do get to try all the things that you are thinking about, that you're digging into, or just that keeps you practicing in general in a dance. And you mentioned that in the class, you try to have the focus on the students and you're not the focus. I find that really interesting. Like, Is that something that changed because you were digging deeper into the culture?
1: yeah I mean there's so much right I think that we all as as um, uh, dance educators and and uh, community some sort of like you know leaders in some capacity um, and as guests on this culture um I think it has to be a lot you know there's this idea of like decentering yourself from from the from like the, the the spotlight in the classroom right so I think the idea that I used to have it was it was this idea that like okay I'm an artist so as an artist I have my own voice and my own my way the way that I like to do things so when someone comes to my class you come to learn my way so that was my mentality right so in that mm-hmm. way I am the center of the class like you you're all going to learn the Felipe thing, you know, and, and with, with this, you know, culture thing, like it's about, it's not like if you're an educator. um, All right. So you have to separate for me, this is what I'm doing. We have to separate. What do you do as an artist in your individual practice, in your individual time? And then you have all the interests that you have and you do your thing and you figure it out how to get better. You figure out your technique because everyone has their own technique, like what works for you and stuff. But once you're in a classroom, like, you're not that individual artist anymore. Like, it's not about your process. It's about nurturing this community and nurturing everyone in the class to find their own way, right? So using you yourself as an example is a terrible education method because they can only see uh, a canon that you're creating, right? And then if it becomes more about you give an idea for them to explore, So what I do basically is that I choose a theme for the month. So this month we're doing rhythm and blues. And then I try to investigate what's rhythm and blues, you know, when did it start? Who are the main people? What was happening in the U.S. at the time? What was happening in the world at the time? And try to, that's the history part. And then we try to find a video that hopefully has some dancing on it. And... We learned some little steps from that video. I, I try to break it down the best way that I can. Look, this is what I figure it out. I teach to them and then we just play a song and we all take the step and we explore, right? So, okay, take the mm-hmm. step and make it your own. And then I dance for maybe like 45 seconds of the song so they have some sort of like reference. And then I stop dancing and I just watch. And as I watch, I try to like, you know, pick stuff that people are doing and I try to recognize okay oh this person did it like this and this person is like this and then I write it on the chat so I can remember Mm -hmm. and then when the song is over I I teach the stuff that I saw them doing and then I spotlight the student play some song and ask them to dance and then everyone follows that student so and then it becomes more about how everyone find their own little things and and if you have a body that moves the same way, you can take inspiration from that person. No. So and then it's not me all the time counting and you following me. You following the students and you're looking at yourself. And so that's the the shift, right?
0: Uh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's, I know. it's really yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know, like I think this is a whole mentality that is shifting from, mm. and we talked about this with you before i think you know from Mm. teachers being superstars from uh, them being or us being the center of attention in a fest or in a party and being the thing that keeps this going and it kind of shifts that attention and i think it's probably one of the reasons why it's still not an easy conversation because Mm. you know these things are connected to identities And uh, the identity that you build or you've been building for maybe 10, 15 years is not easy to change. But then Mm. at the same time, like for me, when I think of it, it's also so liberating. Like you can, like, it's, you have to find that new way, but you don't have to, you know, be something bigger than you are. You can just, you know, kind of find a way to incorporate more people in this process. Yeah. A
1: hundred percent. Like I, I, this is the one you know like the, the obviously the pandemic it's it's terrible you know and it's affecting so many people and it's you know there is nothing good about it right but like the, the silver lining of this terrible situation that we find ourselves in for me has been exactly this like the idea that um because we're we're now not part of there's no community right There's the, mm-hmm. the, you know it's like uh, there's no influencing you know it's just it's just you and then the people that are around you, right? Your your students and like your friends and whoever you can. And then, um, and it's liberating because there is nothing, the focus now is like, what can you do with the people that are around you, right? So, and then it, and because, you know, I think I, I, uh, you, you probably taught a little bit uh, recently, right? More like local classes, you know, I think like w- we both have a lot of experience of like international and local class and a completely different uh, experience, right? Yeah. So when you do local classes, you get to build this community and this connection that turns out some point to be more about the exchange, right? And I think mm-hmm. that the big shift from us being the celebrity of the international teachers because the international festivals are not there with this like kind of setup in which you are the, the focal figure that everyone looks at. And now I have this constant engagement with the people, right? Or we have, you know, if you teach online and you have this constant engagement with the same people and it kind of creates this, it's all about us. There's a point that is like, you're going to, people will be bored at you, you know, at some point, if it's all about you the whole time, you know, and it's liberating in the sense that it's like, um. To being a student again, to see yourself as like I have no idea about this culture, really. You know, I know the steps, and I learned the, you know, the whatever was happening at the scene at the time, and that's what I, what I influenced myself, and I and I and I learned, you know, how to um, how to make it basically, right? Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, well, now you're looking at like, well, it was all a lie. There's this whole thing that you have been not paying attention to. There's a lot of people that are still alive, that are connected to the culture, that you can listen and learn from in a more different way. So it's liberating in the sense that it's like, I can do the best that I can, but then in the classroom, it's like, I I keep saying like, I'm just full of shit. And we're here trying to figure it out together and and i'm sharing this with you so even this 30 minutes of history is more of like this is what i found on the books that i have on the thing on the internet do you have anything and then it's just this big discussion and everyone kind of chips in and i agree it's like it takes the weight off of it right it's more about like oh man now we're all it's a big community and everyone yeah. kind of you know participate you're not uh responsible you know or for for, for being the, the main focus of everything. So it's, yeah, I agree a hundred percent.
0: Totally. I I have a question for you. How, mm. how do you see a perfect festival? Like, you know, after the pandemic, there's a festival and it's, a, you know, like what would be a festival that you would be just super stoked to be on a lineup and be a part of?
1: Mm. Yeah. I, that's, that's a, a very hard question. Um, I don't I don't think that like a festival that I would like, you know, to be, I would be in the lineup for it. You know, if I'm in the lineup mm-hmm. of the festival, it's probably, I don't know it's, it's, a, it's a very torn, I'm very torn. Because like for me and the way I would love that we could engage more is that to pay more attention to uh, the legacy. You know, people that do have the legacy, you know, and I don't have the legacy, right? I mean, I learned from someone that wasn't connected to legacy and maybe had a, a class with a no timer once, you know, and that's not being connected. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So my perfect festival would be having, um, you know, you know, we have like, you know, miss, uh, miss, uh, Mickey Davidson, you have Miss Emanuele Payne, and then you have like Darlene Gist, which they're all connected. They're all like, connected to the elders, not in the way that I think, like, for example, I mean, and I'm going to just say something that I'm not completely like, for example, when white people are connected to the elders, there's a different relationship, right? There is always this thing that like, you know, people talk about code switching, right? So yeah, you probably were friends with Frankie. Yeah. But like, did he really share everything with you, you know, as a, as a white person, you know, and there's this debates, like, well, very likely not, you know, and or so people who had the connection with the, the elders in a in a more humane way, like from, from the same uh experience, mm-hmm. um, that would be in the head in the front of the of a festival, right? So that's like one thing, one lineup that I think would be sick, you know, to have people that like were harvest moon ball winners, you know, or you know, stuff like this, like Crystal Johnson and, um, and then having maybe and this is something that i've been discussing with people that i still don't know how it will be but like having classes that is like it's an open class you're coming to take a class everyone's going to learn the same thing you know no levels I, that's debatable but like you no know, our classes like we're all here and then the way They teach you, you know, you learn what you can and then everyone helps each other to to learn. And then having a competition, no levels in competition is one competition. If you don't make it, it's because you don't make it. So there's no invitational. So an invitational competition wouldn't exist, right? You have to battle everyone. You know, you have to, you know, everyone. So I think that would be so sick. And also having like live music with, uh, yeah, a band that is, you know, maybe like, Basis band that still exists, you know, yeah, you know, and you know, or something like that. That that would be like incredible. That would be like a perfect festival, I think. And if you can be like in Harlem, that would be even cool. <laughs> the cat, you know, it would be even cooler too. But yeah, I think that would be my my perfect festival.
0: Yeah, it. I think it just would be amazing to see more variety and more mm-hmm. experimentation in a sense because
1: yeah,
0: all of you know, I think we would have a lot of these copy and paste festivals just because one method was working in certain limits, you know, it's just, you kind of know, you're like, you need a band, you need a DJ, you need a, you know, mix and match, you have that. And you kind of just copy and paste all of those things. And then you have few festivals that are going beyond that and they're brainstorming more, they're taking risks, but it would be yeah. amazing if there's just more experimentation because it's not easy to make, you know, all open level festival, all open level competitions, you know, but kind of yeah, just like, yeah, how could course. that work, you know, and yeah, just making some things.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that it's like, that's why this like level thing, maybe it's something that it's not necessarily like, you know, uh, like a main focus on, but I guess, um, you know, there is this like very... Like, I don't know, I really, this very beautiful, very thought through questions that Julia Julia Loving, uh, which is, you know, this dancer from Harlem, you know, uh, that she, it's in the Frank Mini Foundation page. So it's like these 20 questions and um, that you as whatever, a Lindy Hopper, you know, that you should ask yourself. And, and one of those questions for me, it was so tough to answer, you know, because you know, in your practice, right in the scene, like how how much do you acknowledge that this is an African American culture, right? In your practice, right, being a event organizer, being a teacher, being a social dancer, even, you know, and uh, and what are the actions that you take to make sure that that notion is passed forward, right? So and so, I feel that in the end, it's like if if a festival like just questions themselves, like what's your focus, like what's your goal and and be very honest about it, right? Like is the goal about the culture is the goal about the community is the goal about making a successful festival. So, um, so you make more money or, you know, so you can fund other things or you can bring people to your school. Like what's the focus, you know? And I think, All the points are valid, you know, but it's just, just to know, just to be honest, right? And I think that like, if you organize a festival and try to say, okay, how can I honor the tradition of Lindy Hop being an African-American culture and with the values that intrinsic to this culture, how would a festival look like, you know, Mm -hmm. where would you run it? How much would it cost? Who would you bring? What the type of music would you play, you know? And all that's the question that I think, to be honest, when I organize things, you know, I didn't. Think about that, you know, and I think it would drastically change the decisions that I would make, you know, if I would do something, you know, and one of them being who do you bring as a partner to to uh, to um, run the festival with you, right? And this is something like that is also, you know, really I don't know that I didn't question before, and now I'm like that's all I want to think about, you know. I'm trying to <laughs> to do that. Uh,
0: you know, one of the most inspiring things from. Last time we talked uh, about this was uh, when we mentioned about, you know, dance studios and local communities. And you said this thing that I just uh, I thought a lot about this year of dance studios being cultural centers more than just let's say, you know, dance studios or like businesses or kind of, you know, sports facilities. And uh, and I've I've been thinking a lot about it this year because like we closed the studio here in Vilnius, in a sense, we didn't really have much going on, nothing physically. And um, this break, it's been a perfect time to also just think, okay, if it's going to come back, Like, what are we going to do? What decisions are we going to make? Because it would be, in a sense, very easy to continue exactly the same way, you know, kind of ignore this pause and just continue. But I think like it's almost impossible right now because just too much has been, you know, going on. So now it's like this, I just keep rolling this idea of, okay, like a cultural center idea. And I find it, again, so beautiful. And so like, it just opens way more doors. Instead of just thinking of like how to run a dance studio as a business, which is, first of all, really difficult. It's such a huge responsibility and it's like you're making decisions that don't always work. But if you're looking at it more as a something that brings the culture and in general, like it's an arts place and you can have like so many different things going on. And I think you can actually have more people joining because it's not going to be only about like how good can you get the steps, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think one of the biggest things that I remember there was this, uh, you know, the talk that this lecture that Brie gave to Sophia, you know, and then she opened this, this lecture just saying like, how much do you know? Like, what do you know about black culture? Just that question, you know, and I feel that, that for me was already just opened up in my head so many um, so many ideas uh, on, on on like how would I want to engage if I would ever open a, a space in, in you know in Berlin let's say right mm-hmm. so it's like okay why why do we only care about like a black culture that is vintage that is from almost a like, hundred years ago you know like and what about the black culture now like what, in what type of black culture like are you talking about the African diasporic culture that also has in South America or the UK or or like or or even in Africa itself right um, like how much do you really connect that whole expression of culture that it's so eclectic right or you really just care about this one little thing you know because the people are not around anymore or you know or you ignore that they're around so it's easy to to have fun so it's So the the one thing that I really appreciate is like, for example, the Black Lindy Hoppers Fund that is bringing a lot of, uh, you know, black dancers to, to teach the classes, like in black dancers that we don't see in the festival so much. Right. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of people that they're, they're there, they're there to, to participate, you know, and, but a lot of people rather look at videos and old clips, of black people but like not wanting to have a class with a black person (laughs) like you know it's kind of so I feel that like in the end of the idea of like having a culture center to kind of open up the expressions that goes inside right because in the end jazz by itself it's this big culture exchange that's how Mm. it was born right New Orleans there was like so much going on and they all like participated in the big pot you know the big like gumbo you know and uh and that's what allowed it to like, you know, ev- like evolve so many times because there's always a little influence from here and from there. And and if we close it to something that okay, Lindy Hop is only this, you know, to twist, you gotta twist with your with your ankles, whatever. You know, like no, it's it's a big pile of things that can have so much exchange. And that for me has been like the big motor of my classes, right? Like it's like a big exchange. And I think as a culture center, that would be a very very powerful like place for something like that to live, right, and to like expand and push sure. I know
0: and and it's something that I think each of us or like many of us, would be excited to be a part of. And it maybe wouldn't be you know local community or a dance studio wouldn't be some sort of like it sometimes becomes a burden, especially if you start traveling around and you just keep something going just because you kind of feel maybe you have to or it's something more steady. But if you actually make those local communities as cool of a thing, like like I want to be part of that thing where it's just mixing and mingling all of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true.
0: But you know the other side of it, like this whole time, you know, we've been all online, taking classes online, talking about things online, and there is a danger in all of the online things. Like it gives a lot of freedom, a lot of voices to be heard but then there's also a lot of extreme Facebook comments and a lot of things happening in Facebook comments like you know how does it affect you? Do you get involved? How do you see that part of this reawakening?
1: Yeah I mean I think like it's been a trip to to learning like how how much to engage and how much to not engage and like knowing where is the space that us as, like, you know, white or non-Black people, uh, what's the work that we have, right? Because the one thing that I that I just recently been kind of realizing myself is the idea that whatever work we do culturally to push this sort of, like, um, revolution to happen you know we are our, the work that we are entitled to do is in the white community right to be sure they're like okay we got to prepare the white community and like you know re-educate and try to reconnect and and then there's a work done that is being done in the black community you know and it's happening right like uh, there is some 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 movement happening i mean i don't know much about it because i'm not there right so but i know that there's like some, some movement happening so they can uh you know grow as well you know uh, um so that that comes that comes to this idea that like at the very beginning when you know for me it was like i need to be you know part of this you know and i want and i want to like be sure that like you know the the the, the arguments are out because you know it, it happened There was a big thing that happened in the, the swinging berlin uh facebook page you know um and there was this huge discussion that happened and it was like every a lot of people got involved and it was this like this threat of i don't know 200 comments and you know people just getting super and i was furious and i spent the whole day like four hours you know like you know and um and and i I don't know i I think that there are phases and phases and you know when it's when it's necessary or, or like when it's uh where do your energies best save, uh, best spent? right? And I think that there are people that are willing to listen and I would jump in for that, you know? And then if I, and I think that if I I, I will jump in and then, you know, there is a person just keeps going with the same thing. Okay, I just, you know, just go out of it, you know? Because I feel that sometimes people don't want to have a conversation, you know? It's just a, a troll that wants to keep putting stuff out. Mm-hmm. But, I do think it's important to like um, that in, that in every space where the conversation is had, that there is a a voice of uh, of this side of the discussion, you know of, of the people who are caring for the culture, that wants things to to change for the better. So I think that is important that like something is said, so it's explicit because there is also the people who are silent and is being educated by those things. So mm-hmm. that's the main thing in the Berlin group for me is like, if something comes up, I try to, to jump into like, do what I can, or you no, know, we have this VFC, uh, Deutschland, uh, you know, they like, you know, we have this team and we try to like, okay, have different voices there. Cause it's not about, again, not about me educating people. Cause I, am also be trying to learn, but I think it's important to like that the people that are not commenting, they're reading so that they have something to read that would maybe inspire them to investigate more instead of just shutting down the the conversation to kind of like keep the conversation going Mm -hmm. so but in the end i do i think that it's like yeah internet or facebook uh, conversations are really hard if you can like if i can call the person or have a private chat in which i can talk to them it's always better because i had problems like talking to my friends some of my friends are like because it's internet and intonation it's uh it's random. You pick whatever you think it is. You project your own intonation. And then people think that I'm kind of like fighting. And I was like, no, I'm not fighting. Okay, let's call. Let's have a call. And they're like, we have a call and then it's better, right? But like, it's very dangerous because intonation is like, yeah. Yeah. It's arbitrary. I
0: think that's the beautiful thing that's happening with Collective Voices for Change is that mm-hmm. each event you guys organized has been very, like, inviting. And it's been, it's been a place where you, I feel like everyone, like at least people who participated, you want to be there because it's not that you know you enter and you feel like there's gonna be some, I don't know, like weird commenting things. Like every everyone seems super supportive and excited to be a part of that. And and every event I've joined, I've just been, like it just made me really want to see more of that happening which is Mm. the complete opposite from like what i see a lot of times on facebook messages and threads
1: (laughs) yeah well i think i think this is the thing right like uh like we mentioned before we we have to do the work on the white community right and and like as the bridge of of understanding you know if you think that there's a lot of people who have a harder time because of bias you know and we all bias we all have a, a like an ingrained racism because we grew up in a system that is racist. So it's you no, know, it's, so we all have our, our bias. So sometimes it's really hard uh, to listen from a person of color or to listen from someone uh, that, you know, uh, represents something, you know? So I feel that uh, there's a lot of people who um, have not recognized that bias has not done the work of awareness of like, uh, to realize why do you feel attacked by that why do you feel defensive by it is it because it's a black person speaking is it because you're you're afraid of your like you said like is it, it's scary if you if you if the personality that you build up for so long is now being questioned or stuff like that right but i think that uh it's important that the conversation it's it's welcoming right there's this big difference between the term of like calling out if you call out someone for saying some shit mm-hmm. uh, something that is like you know bad or you call them in because if you call them in you're including them to the conversation and you are giving them the possibility to prove yours, to prove you wrong right maybe they did a minute maybe they they just needed a little bit of an understanding and i think that's what the webinars are like mostly for it's more focusing on like the good parts of this of like there is this beautiful world here of like possibilities and and knowledge and, and and learning instead of like this is the shit thing that people are doing and you know blah blah so, so it's more of a calling in kind of webinar instead of like a calling out which i do think it's important as well but i think you know we, we got to pick the spaces in which those things happen right and we yeah. want to in- invite as many people as possible to the conversation. So that's the, that's the idea kind of, we're all Mm -hmm. here to learn together. We all participated in this so we can all heal and, and move forward. And, you know, so yeah, it's really, it's been very pleasurable to do them.
0: (laughs) Calling in is such a good one. I, when you were talking, I just realized how much, like I'm used to these online things because I almost wanted to put, you know, the clapping emoji. While you were talking and I realized it's only two of us, so I can <laughs> just, just react to it. <laughs> okay, it's going to be hard to come back to live conversations with people. I know.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's so good. Because you can like still react, but not interact, uh, interrupting the person, right? Exactly. And show appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: so true. That's so true.
0: I'm also wondering like how this whole time and uh, digging deep into this uh, topic has influenced not only your choices, but also, you know, what you prefer to see in a dance. So let's say, you know, like what was maybe the performances or the couples that you were like amazed before and now maybe it started changing. And if it's been the case at all. Oh, definitely.
1: Definitely. I think like one of the hardest Things. I mean it wasn't hard but it was a, it was a real thing it's kind of like burying your idols you know mm-hmm. that was like one of the biggest things and it wasn't because like I think people are are, are bad or doing something wrong or anything but I, I just I understood that my relationship to my adoration of people's dancing or my admiration of people's dancing were not connected to the values that I understood were important to connect. Mm-hmm. so it definitely changed so one of the biggest thing that I made that I wanted to make difference in my head was a year ago if I would think about solo dancing like jazz dance and the other is partner or solo or whatever like if I think in jazz dance it was very you know it was like an IHC video or if you or it was a ULHS video or it was a Savoy top video like this was my image of my immediate image of Lindy Hop in my head mm-hmm. you know or the people that I worked with like you know you and then like you know the brothers and sisters and like you know or like it, it, that was what dancing was in my head and then I realized I mean and, and that was a choice I was like all right what I want to try I want to try to change that one so I'm going to uh try to erase that from my memory. Not erase yeah, not erase from my memory, but try not to focus on that. And how can I focus now on something completely different? And then which so then I just turned back to you know all the old clips that are available and and um and try to make that my image, my mental image of the dance. Right. So, and then it, so it took like this whole year of not watching any contemporary clip. And only going for the the old school clips and trying to, you know, uh, change my image. And then now when I go back and I, you know, and I watch contemporary clips, I just look in a different way. You know, it's not that I think it's better or worse or I don't like it anymore, but it's just like a, it's just a different way that I see it. You know, I appreciate it from a different angle. Right. And now maybe like the, it's not an adoration of idol anymore. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's a way. You know, I don't yeah. want to dance like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool that you dance like that, but I, I, I like this, you know, so it's been a different, different approach, which I, again, like I said before, is very freeing because then, you know, you don't have to fit the mold. You don't have to mm-hmm. achieve anything. You have to, you know, search for yourself in it, you know, and, and which has been very liberating.
0: Do you think you can pinpoint some things that you started really appreciating when you see someone solo dance or couple dance?
1: Yeah, I think the one of the biggest things that uh, that I have been appreciating it's like if there is a connection with the the groove of the song, you know. Mm. And uh, and I know that groove is probably like a very like abstract, you know. Everyone understand the groove what they understand, but um, I think like I've been I've been really kind of going away from like people interpreting interpreting the melody literally of a song right and i think that that happens like you know often in the scene you know and i've done it so many times as well you know in this so now i feel like okay but like I find it a bit patronizing sometimes, you know, if people choreograph to the melody of the song. So like, I can hear the song. You don't have to show me what the song sounds like because I can hear it, you know? Can you, what is your expression of that song? You know, and then if you connect to the general groove of the song and compose something on it, that's that's for me what's beautiful, you know? It's like, oh, I can see you now, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't see you, I don't know. It's, it's a more, it's, it's a deeper, it's a deeper, uh, I find it more of a deeper connection. There is this friend of mine from Brazil, Cincha, uh, Cincha Adams, and she's a, she's a dancer as well. And the one thing she said one one time we were having a chat, and she said it's like groove. It's um, it's the way your body interprets your experiences. And I'm like, holy fuck! So like,
0: groove everyone is your is the way your body interprets your experiences.
1: Yeah, nice. it, it interpret your experience or your story or your history, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I find so, and that's why it's so unique that everyone should look into what do you carry, what's your memory, right? What's your co- co- uh, moving culture, right? Uh, and and so and then like when you when you connect to the groove of a song, like how much do you want to learn about the song? How much does that song tell you, right? How much life does it bring to you? And like, how can you work from there? Uh, And that has been like, for me, you know, when I see, I know what I at least interpret as that happening. I'm like, oh my God, that's beautiful. You know, it's like, oh, that's really, really deep.
0: Yeah. There's a one, um, you know, if you film yourself doing some solo, you know, you rewatch it sometimes. And you Uh know, sometimes you look at something, you're like, oh, that was cool or not. But there are a few times where I film a video of myself when I'm really in a just really weird place and like you know mentally I'm just like maybe sad or just pissed or something and then I feel I <gasps> myself and there's some of my favorite videos that I have of some practices where I'm just like in my head but in not you know thinking of steps but just in that feeling And I'm Mm. with that song and I'm like, wow, what happened? Like, what the hell? Like, I want to do this. Like, this is it, you know? (laughs) But I don't want to be pissed all the time to be able to do it. I just want to let it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I see. I I mean, I think it's, it's, I mean, this is what's tough, right? Because I guess like, um, but then in the end, you still have to to swing as well, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, there's this idea on like, how do you feel your experience in, in swing, <laughs> like how do you experience <laughs> in swing, you know, and, I, and uh, cause you know, like it can be therapy, everything can be therapeutic and everything can be about your experience. Right. And I think most of art it's, it's what it is, right. Or, or that's the, what you're going for, but how do you do that? Uh, as you're still understanding what this culture stands for, you know, how do you connect yourself to the, to the, what this culture represents, you know and how does that reflect on you you know and that's I think the the kind of like the the beautiful you know like interaction and exchange with the culture that i think it's super beautiful and for me like doing this work now like digging deep on the history and trying to read and find uh understand more like in depth the the evolution of the dance and and, and, the, and the music and the culture and then you just appreciate it so much more because you see what it means so then when you come to participate on it first you respect it right you respect that participation and respect like that you're stepping in this space that it's sacred in in a lot of ways but like it gives you this possibility of like expressing like this this deeper understanding of yourself in it right because that's what the the, the culture is about right is the expression of humanity of uh, people that were segregated, right? So this there was this one space where they could express their whole humanity that they could be, you know. So then like if you understand all the nuances of that story, like it's so much, uh, so much more that you can take from it, right? As a as a practitioner of it.
0: Yeah, right. I'm I'm curious. Has it influenced the way you connect to your roots to like Brazilian culture and music?
1: Yeah, this has been yeah, uh, yeah, it's a trip as well, um, because you know, like Brazilian history and American history is very connected in a lot of in a lot of ways, right? Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, uh, there is no comparison. You cannot compare uh, the experience, but like you know, Brazilian um, slave trade in Brazil was like I don't remember how many times more, but. It, uh, the amount of people that, the amount of uh, Africans that were enslaved in Brazil was the, the I think more, I think like half of the people that left Africa arrived in Brazil. And the other half was distributed in the West Indies, the U.S. and and so forth. So Brazil was a big uh, place for uh, the, the, slave, the slave trade and stuff. So, so much that, no, right now Brazil is 51% black. Right. And if, and if you compare to the US, US is, I think, like 14, you know, like 14% of the population is African American or African descent. Um, so, yeah, once like looking at all those things, and I had this very like this moment, I was like, oh man, I know much more about this story there. And I didn't investigate as much my story. And then when I start to do the parallels, you find so so many beautiful things that are like so connected you know and i think that happens with all like african dias- diaspora right there's like it's uh they're all cousin cultures right this is like what i like to call like they're all like cousin you know and you can if you bring them so then this is what i started to try to do try how can i explore my my heritage which i mean i'm also not a black brazilian right but you know mm-hmm. because it's my my country's culture and I'm connected to it from experience growing up in Brazil and frequenting those places so, so I have this connection with it how can I bring that experience to my jazz expression right mm-hmm. and that has been the the biggest like liberation and trip for me which is too hard because I have to do a lot of study on my Brazilian roots as well but it has been really enlightening on how I look at my myself in Brazil as well so
0: yeah bigger.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm so curious to see the mix of those things <laughs> coming together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I think in the end it just comes more on like on feeling comfortable with your body, and like as Brazilian dancing is usually like more uh, a lot of it. I mean, there's so much dancing there, right? So there, it's it's a it's way more toned down, more like step to the floor, and more relaxed. So I feel that for the past couple of months, I've been trying to like relax in my dancing more you know like i I think i have always been very attacky with my with my feet and my stuff you know and i've been trying to like just like sit back and like relax more on it and i found some sort of like cadence from the brazilian movement that i that i try to keep right i can't describe it's very hard because like there was this one time that someone was asking me to like oh can you teach me a brazilian step i was like i don't know how to (laughs) <laughs> and explain this. you just do this and this, you know try, try to do it and then people need more explanations. Like, I can't I can't explain. So it's it's more of this like I think it's more about the mindset of like okay, bringing the mindset on like where, where do you come from? Like you know like and try yeah. to listen up. It's been really nice.
0: When you're when you're saying that, I just keep thinking of probably my favorite performance of you that I've seen recently. and live is the one you did with the Steph in LHC, as uh-huh, a pro uh, And yeah. uh, it was just such a fucking beautiful performance. Like, so, like, I feel like it, it had that element so much of what you're saying, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just being there and sitting it in and kind of just grooving.
1: Yeah, that, that was like a... That, I mean, for, that was like before, like, the, the, the whole culture revolution. So I think that, like, at that point uh of of uh you know my career or something it was i just felt more like myself i think like you i think you, i was reaching at like a point on like you know because i i learned so much from working around you know with Elise you know like, and working around like with all like brothers and sisters and like re-exchanging stuff but like the way that i was engaging with it was a lot about like you know achieving some sort of uh way of doing it of like learning some sort of way of doing so i could be better in that specific way right mm-hmm. which it's um which is you know which helped me a lot and like you know i really learned so much and i feel that like at that at that time you know at that in that let's see, it, i was just feeling more i think it was more like moving here to berlin and spending more time with steph and like you know building up our relationship which has been very healing to me in a lot of ways uh and kind of just being more aware and sensitive to myself so I think that was definitely something that was present there for sure like feeling a bit more like okay I, I'm, I'm comfortable in my own body I'm comfortable in my own skin and I'm happy with what I have right now I'm not trying to achieve something that is not that is not there yet right so so it was a more of like a step back from yeah. trying to beat something yeah
0: that's such a I feel like you can see those things in people when they dance, whether it's a mm. performance or competition. Like, of course, you're always trying to, you know, to push and to do better and to like maybe yeah. prove something. But when, uh, when you see someone that is really trying to prove a lot... Like, it's, <laughs> it's translated into dance, right? Yeah, And when sure. that feeling gets a little controlled, it's never probably gone completely, but it's just a little yeah. bit more tuned down. You're like, oh, wow, hello. You know, it's Yeah, it's yeah that's
1: so true. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, it, and this is what I think is very beautiful about dancing in general. I mean, of course, Lindy Hop and jazz dance have, I think, this quality. More, I mean, I cannot say, I don't know much of the other dancers, but more than other dancers, in my opinion, is that like, it's so transparent. You cannot pretend, you know, like people go out there and say, you can see what they're up to, you know, like it's so, it's so, it's so transparent, you know, and, uh, and, and it's very beautiful in that way, right? It's like, uh, if people allow themselves to be shown instead it's it's of trying to put something out They're like trying to put a character out, but, like you should just open yourself up and it's so beautiful because it has that quality.
0: Right? Yeah, I just keep thinking of your loud laugh whenever there's a, you know, <sighs> impro and, and then just, there's this loud <laughs> and Felipe starts laughing and everyone's like, yep, <laughs> that's the guy.
1: I know where he is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. To kind of round it off a little bit, but I feel mm. like it, for me, it sounds that, you know, it's still also an overwhelming trip you know, like for, for this exploration and, uh, digging deep into all of these things, plus the pandemic and the online thing, like how do you, how, how, and where do you find the balance like mentally?
1: Mm, I don't think I do. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, no, yeah, I don't think I do. I think, um, you know, it's been very tough to like ride this, 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 uh, this wave, you know, it has like ups and downs all the time and I and I think that uh I mean one of the things that help helps me it's you know being in a relationship with with Steph right and she's been an incredible support and like you know um she has helped me you know so much in this moment of like uncertainty and like you know uh, you know trying to break everything that you had before and trying to build everything completely new and um, and she's being incredible. So I'm very lucky that I have someone that can like nurture me, you know, um, up. so definitely just spending time with her that has been like the best thing. Uh, but also like my classes have given me, you know, incredible catharsis, like, you know, like also like, you know, the, the inspiration and like the contact with people and you know you know so I'm very grateful for all my students that like have you know keep coming and they you know we all exchange and they give everything and we're all like you know so that has been very enriching as well. Mm-hmm. And um and also just like you know getting deeper into a French into my friendships here in Berlin. Because I guess as an international instructor before, right, you never home uh and you can never establish like a like some roots with people, you know, like, uh, and I feel that now because we, you know, we've been here, uh, I have like friends here that we, you know, hang out often and we know each other and it's like a deeper. So I feel that has been also very healing as well. So yeah, yeah that, that's, that's me. But I mean, it's still hard, right? It's still like, th- there is all the anxiety if the class is going to work, if people are going to sign up or not, because you know, it's every month, it renews, and you're like, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> But yeah, but it's it's been, it's been, I have a lot of people that I can count on and that's, that has been my, my sanctuary, you know, the people around me.
0: Yeah. What's, uh, what's next for you? Where can people find the, you know, classes or anything you're going to be doing?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, yeah, like I mentioned this, like, you know, uh, every month an era and we just started this week, the rhythm and blues era, um, and they can go on my website, felipebraga.de. And uh, there is different uh, different time zones, you know, to help people from different places to sign up. And after this month, I think I'm going to start going back in time. Because we started with pre-jazz and then now we're arriving in R&B. And now I'm starting to go back, you know. So we're going to go back to bebop and then swing and then early swing. So that's a trip. I'm very excited for that. And what else? And that's it. I think that's the only thing. And also I have a Patreon, a Patreon thing that I've been trying to uh, develop material that it's again, you know, responsible in the best of my capacities. And it has been very nice to exchange also with the patrons there and the people that have been there the whole time that I'm very grateful for, Uh, so those are my things, and also CVFC, you know, like has been the my my favorite work in the community has been, you know, working with those amazing people and putting the webinars. Or you no, know, I mean, again, I mean, I'm just one little part of it, you know. There's, you know, Marie, kind of like taking the, the thing forward, and we're all, you know, helping out, and then, mm-hmm. uh, um you know, with Félix, Michaela, Anais, Steven, and Bourdieu jumps in and out. Uh, and we have very cool stuff planned for the next uh, webinars. So stay tuned for the Collective Voices as well, because there's a lot of important things to still keep digging and learning and reflecting most of all. yeah,
0: Amazing. Felipe. that that's been such a pleasure you inspire thank me you so a much, lot Lizzie. and I miss you a lot and yeah thank I you for doing so much, this
1: Kelsey. no thank you for having me it was nice to catch up as well
0: thank you for tuning in to today's episode this podcast was created together with Dimitri Opapa who made this beautiful soundtrack and Lina Vilnishkita, who created the logo if you enjoyed this episode go comment share or just drop us a message you can find more updates on facebook or instagram of what a jazz dance studio till next time take care and goodbye